listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, this is Deborah Wolf, your host of Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. It's going to be a great show this week because we're going to take a walk on the cat side of things. And of course, don't worry, I'll give you some animal news and some doggy tips and pet safety tips. In fact, we might talk about a retired police officer and his dog dilemma because he's living in Florida now where this show's made. And wouldn't all of us who live places where the weather's like New York's weather wish we could live in Florida. I do. I want to move to Florida. But we'll talk about his doggy dilemma if we have some time. And I'm going to start the show before we invite our guest to join us. Her name is Jane Denny and she's from Jane. Oh, there's so many things she's from. I'll tell you when we get her on the show, but it's all about cartoons and cat cartoons at thepridecartoon.com. So we'll find out all about that when she comes on the show and how her cartoons are actually helping cats who need food, freeloading feral cats. We'll talk about that too. But before we do, I wanted to tell you a love story. Oh, yes. It's a love story. Now, it's not some Hollywood gossip about Brad and Angelie or something, you know, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt getting back together. No, 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 no. This is my kind of love story. So here we go. A ram named Changmo and a female deer named Chunzi are inseparable at a wild animal park in China. (laughs) Okay, so this odd couple, they want to know, they put it on the social media equivalent of Twitter in China. They're trying to take votes. They want people to tell them what to do because these two, and this is a boy sheep, you know, ram with the curled and he has a curled horns. Okay, he's there with the girl Bambi. That's basically the couple, the, the husband and wife here. And the picture that I'm looking at shows the female deer licking and cleaning and nuzzling the, the lower part of the ram's muzzle. And the ram is closing his eyes. So they're definitely affectionate doing uh, mutual grooming in the picture. But what they say is that <laughs> staff at a wild park in southwest China have turned to the country's half a billion internet users for advice after a male sheep... And a female deer began mating. Okay, mating. Like, seriously, they were actually mating. Now, they're inseparable. And, you know, they have a blog for this park. And so they asked the question, what do you do when a ram falls in love with a deer? And they got all kinds of responses. And people really want them separated. People are saying it's unethical to let them be together. And they must be separated. And it's going on local television. It's getting a lot of attention. And then it says, some people think they should stay together because the ram has completely integrated himself into deer society. So he was placed in a pen of deers. And sometimes they do this at zoos and wild parks. There's two compatible species. They're both vegetarians. They have a similar lifestyle. There's no reason to separate them. And they they might have a broader, more interesting life if it was more like nature in that they were not totally isolated with only their own species. So it's kind of an interesting thing to do. And this is really unlikely to happen. But there you have it. There's a love match. And I, for one, think they should leave it alone. I don't think there's any reason to split these two up. No harm's being done. No harm at all. So why not leave it alone? I think they're going to find in the end of this that for greed reasons, they leave it alone. Because that's going to be a big draw. (laughs) Big draw. All right. So from time to time, I tell you about policemen and their jobs. And one time last year, I told you about these RCMP officers who had to go out to a home to investigate a grow-up. And when they got there, they found, I think it was 40 
adult bears that had been habitualized to living there and eating scraps and dog food and were sort of protecting the place. And I remember saying, oh, I feel so bad for the police some days. Well, today I read a news story that made me feel jealous. I want this job. So there were some RCMP officers, mounted policemen, and they were doing their rounds as normal when all of a sudden there's horses, beautiful horses, four of them running along the street in town. And so uh, the Mounties contacted the SPCA, but they were told there's no animal protection officers available to help, probably because whoever it was is more used to dogs and cats and wouldn't have a clue what to do with four horses stampeding down a city street. But um, so then uh, one of the, this officer stepped in, a policeman who happens, who owns his own horse, loves horses, and he managed to get the whole thing under control pretty quickly. Gosh, I wish I'd been there. I wish I could have helped. That would be fun. But uh, he said he's been around horses for a good portion of his life, and he felt comfortable herding them back to where they belong. So all four horses got back, and that's good news because they're rescue horses. They're horses that get removed from going to slaughter for food and get saved by these wonderful ladies, and we wouldn't want to see them get hurt just because of a a blown-down fit. So happy ending, good work, policemen, and thank you from the animals. All right, so now we're going to switch gears a bit. We talked about horses and animals and we're going to go into the cat situation right now we're going to invite jane to the show jane from at the pride cartoon because she has a lot to share with us so welcome to the show jane hey jeb how you doing oh i'm great i love your cards oh thank you i had so much fun making those and they're getting such great feedback now I'm, i'm just thrilled when we post this show, we're going to put a link to them right beside the show. So people listening to the show can just click right there and see the cards as we talk. So it's uh, Zazzle.com slash the White Cat Co. is where you're going to be going. And Zazzle.com slash the Pride Cartoon. Those are the places where, well, at Zazzle.com slash the White Cat Co., you can actually vote. Is that right? You can vote yes. on the cards? That's yeah, pretty- you, can, you can rate them, you know, between one and five stars. Hopefully they won't get anything less than five. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can like them, you know, with the thumbs up. Um, you asked me last night if that goes to Facebook. I'm not sure if it does or it doesn't, but, you know, there's a thumbs up like page there. And you can even um, comment, you know, register comment at the bottom of uh, each product page or just the store in general. Well, that's pretty cool. You're going to get feedback right away. So the cards are touching and beautiful, and they have all the normal emotions of sort of peace and love and coziness, but they also have quirks. These cats have personality. (laughs) Well, that's always the goal, you know. know, When I had this idea of the 12 cats of Christmas, the the idea was really to, you know, uh, exchange this mayhem that my alleged true love sent to me on Christmas Day for something (laughs) that we really like, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. Do I really want eight maids milking and eight geese laying or whatever it is, all those atrociously outdated (laughs) things and servants and serving maids and wenches? Do I really want them in my home? No. Where am I going to put all this stuff, you know? (laughs) So take them back to the store and exchange all those partridges for cats, you know? So, um, yeah, so it's the 12 cats of Christmas, and in each place where there is a bird or a party or some group of crazy people doing something on that day of the song, we just swap it for cats. And um, in most instances, well, not most instances, uh, but a few instances, we were able to actually find a sound alike as well as a, um, you know, a visual cat thing. 
but most okay, of the so, time... Okay, so lay it on me. So let's, let's do number one. The, on okay. The first we'll day of Christmas, one. my true love gave to me. Okay, what? <laughs> All right. The first, in the song, it's a partridge in a pear tree. So the sound alike is a Persian in a pear tree. So she's a very beautiful uh-huh. white Persian in a in a beautiful pear tree, and she's just looking extra yummy, better than the pear. So you know what? <laughs> a cat lover could actually sing this song, could actually change the carol. I oh, I know you can sing it all day. I, I've had it stuck in my head. Oh no! <laughs> I know, and other friends have told me they've had it stuck in their heads too. Like shut this music off already. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so number one is a Persian and a pear tree, and then in the real song, day two is two turtle doves, uh, which I've swapped for two tortoise shell cats. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. And they're in this bed. sort of love pose. They're in this like yin-yang, almost sort of, you know, curled around each other, heart-shaped yeah. catty pose. And it's, yeah. it's uh, if someone were on your Christmas list that has a tortoiseshell cat, okay, you've, you're done. You're done shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can get it on t-shirts and mugs. And that's it. Exactly. Right? Like if you really, the, you're, you've hit the bonanza. You go, that was so cool. You go to Zazzle.com, you pick the... The design you want. So, say you know someone with a white Persian, then you pick number one. You know someone with a tortoise shell, you pick number two. And then get them what you think they need. Do they need a mug? Yeah. Do they need a hat? Do they need a shirt? You know, it's so cool. Okay, so we've got two. Now, what's three? Okay, three in the, in the song is three French hens. So we just substituted three French cats. And uh, they're probably the anomaly of the group because they're not really doing cat things. They're sipping espresso and they're having a smoke, which they probably shouldn't be doing. But Oh, a little dig at the French there. And you know what? They won't even care. They're like, hey, they're the only sophisticated cats. Yes. Yeah, well, no they're problem. European, so they, they smoke, you know. Um, and the number four is um, four calling cats in place of four calling birds. And uh, um, What are those? Are those door. Siamese? Uh, they're white cats. Um, okay, they yeah, just heard. plain white cats, but they're at the door, kind of peeking in, wanting to come in, calling, you know? Right. My friend Sarah loves that one because only one of their little mouths is showing above the uh, frame of the door saying, let me in. <laughs> well, you know, when you say that, I notice that running through your cards, that there's usually like an odd man out, an odd cat out. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. doing something, and then there's trouble. You know, yeah. <laughs> what's with right. that? Right. Well, they can't all be identical. You know, somebody's <laughs> got to be doing something different to make it a little interesting. Otherwise, you know, they're all just, you know, a pattern. That's no fun. Uh, so number five is um, five golden cats uh, because it's five golden rings in the song. And because there were rings, I put the cats in a circular pattern. And uh, nice. they're real pretty. They're, you know, gold on a blue background with snowflakes. And uh, I love them. Uh, then there are six cats a-laying instead of six geese a-laying. And because cats don't lay eggs, they're laying around on the bed. <laughs> Perfect. But that's yeah. the one where they're all on the bed, and then one of them is underneath the bed. Right. <laughs> Cheeky little guy. And she has taken her bell off. She doesn't want to wear a bell. But that's okay. She doesn't have to wear a bell. so okay so we've gone through five of them i think i'm going to save the other five for after our first commercial break but before we get to that i want to ask you what made you do this um well i do a christmas card every year and um you know i'm chronically late getting started with these things i never 
really get into a holiday spirit until sometime around Thanksgiving, you know, whereas, I mean, if I was working for a card shop, I'd be doing these things in April, preparing for sales in September, you know. So um, I'm late to begin with, and by the time I start thinking about it, then I'm like scrambling. What am I going to do for you know Christmas card? And so anyway, just about Thanksgiving time, I um, I started to think about what am I going to do for my Christmas card this year, and I said, well, you know, something maybe in the twelve cats of the 12 days of Christmas theme, and I thought, well, that's not going to work because, you know, all I've got here is cats, and then, bang, the two came together, and I said, oh, my God, <laughs> 12 cats of Christmas, of course, and then, of course, I realized this is not just one card, this is 12 cards, <laughs> how yeah, in the world am I going to do all be. of this? Before. But some people like that better. Some people like buying sets where there's a different card in each one, especially if you're sending to people who are related. You know, if you're sending to your mom and your sister and you're all getting together at various places, you're going to see the cards over and over again. So it would right, kind of be right. nice to have, you know, something that matches but isn't exactly the same, right? Right. But then on exactly. the other hand, some people would just pick the cat that's their cat. Like if they had tortoise shells, they'd pick number two and send it out to all their friends, you know. Yeah, so you right. give them Absolutely. It's unnecessary to have the whole set, you know, because everybody knows the song. If you see eight Manx a-milking, you know, you know. (laughs) Manx (laughs) a-milking. That's an interesting picture because Manx, they use their hands a lot and they're big cats and they have attitude. They're sort of like dogs. I can almost imagine them trying to figure that out if they had a cow around that they could milk. I can almost imagine them trying. (laughs) Anybody who's ever milked the cow knows that there's usually a group of barn cats standing at the ready, sometimes begging, sometimes actually sitting upright, almost like begging little poodles, waiting for that farmer to be generous and shoot a little spray their way. Cats really enjoy the milking. So so cute. I have seen that. And actually, you know, that's a, a much better idea than what I actually did. I just have eight Manx cats around a milk bowl, and they're lapping. But that's a really oh, nice. good idea. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, you could have had the manger aspect That's in there. That's what I could have done, yeah. Good, oh, well. Yeah. So we're going to go to commercial break and come right back, and I'm going to ask you about the other five. But I'm also going to ask you about the Pride cartoon, and we're going to tell people about a place where you can stay. I know you've heard of Cat Rescue, and you've heard of TNR, Trap, Neuter, Release, and you've heard me interview people before about these wild cat colonies of feral cats that are fed and spayed and neutered and given vaccinations, but otherwise left to just be. And I've told you how fascinating it is to watch them, that just looking through a window and watching them and their interpersonal relationships with each other and the hierarchy, which is not a strict pecking order, it's, it's so multifaceted. Watching them, you could spend the whole day just drinking a coffee and watching and not even know where the day went by. It's really interesting. And so we're going to tell you where you could do that. If you ever take a trip to New York City, instead of staying in a boring hotel with no animals or a B&B with a bunch of people kind of in your, in your space at breakfast, you, <laughs> you could stay here and watch the wild cat colony. All right, so everybody stay tuned. We're coming back to Animal Party with Jane from At the Pride Cartoon. Don't go anywhere because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco. Where healthy pets go. 
Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back to Animal Party with Deb Wolf here on Pet Life Radio. And we've got Jane from at ThePrideCartoon.com. She's also, though, got another website. DottieJanes.com, and I want to find out about that. Okay, so Jane, what's I could go and stay overnight, visit New York City, do my shopping, have my meetings, and come home and be able to watch a cat colony? Is that what you're telling me? I could not have have to live without animals for my time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, you're framing it in such a in beautiful terms. I never really thought of it that way. I really just thought of this as, you know, a uh, a way to bring income into the uh, house so that I can keep the house and keep the cats, you know, in the style to which they had become accustomed. But it is a great perk of staying at the house that you actually can look out the window and watch them. You know, they have their uh, little insulated shelters out there. I have three of them in the yard. And uh, we go at least once a day to feed them um, at uh, various hours. And, uh, you know, at any time of day, you can look out there and see one or two or even eight when it's feeding time, you know? That would be so cool. I bet you're going to get people who want to paint them, want to draw them, want to photograph them, want to film them, just want to look at them, you know? Because it's it's such a rare opportunity. Most of the time, if you go near any cat colony, you don't see a cat. They're gone. They're in- completely invisible. Unless you're known to them and you're one of the feeders, you're not going to see them. So this is yeah. a really rare opportunity. But you didn't sort of go out buy a house and decide to do this as a tourist thing. You came to this a little bit differently. Can you tell the audience exactly, the animal oh. party listeners, how yeah. this kind of fell upon you? Sure. Well, this is not the kind of thing that I would go looking for. Um, if I didn't tell you this before, Deb, you know, for all the cats that I have, either I should never have had one cat because I'm desperately allergic to them. <laughs> so I'm like the exact wrong person for this to happen to. But um, I do love them. You know, I will take care of them for the rest of their lives. And basically what happened is that um, my mom inherited this uh, group of feral cats 
from a woman who died down the street. She had been feeding uh, for several years while not neutering or spaying any of these cats, so they kept multiplying, and then when she passed away, they all moved up into my mother's yard, probably because they knew that she had indoor cats. So she started feeding them, and um, I think I mentioned before that, you know, TNR trap, neuter, and return. It's return, by the way. That's a very important part of the TNR rather than release because if you say release, people get the idea that you can just uh, trap, neuter, or spay a cat and then release them anywhere. The important thing is to return them to their colony. Exactly. And because the territory itself, if you kill and remove all the cats, which people sometimes suggest, new animals will just move in there. It's not going to be empty. And so by spaying and neutering, you stop the chronic overpopulation, but you allow the population that's there to do its job. And I was Absolutely. talking about that. That means if, if there's nesting birds, the cats there are going to eat the rodents that would prey on the eggs. It means a lot of things. And people usually think, oh, no, birds, cats, get rid of the cats. We need the birds. Sometimes that's true. There are a few places in the world where the birds are truly endangered and a cat colony is endangering them further. And in those cases, the cat colonies always move. So we don't even need to worry about that little side issue. What we're talking about here is allowing the cats to basically do a job that we really need in our society. And people sometimes argue, well, cats aren't native to North America and they shouldn't be there at all. And, but now we've changed so much and we've made it so that we have a real rodent epidemic without them. I mean, they say there's uh, 80 rats to every person in London, England, and that the ratio for people to rats in Manhattan is double. That's mm-hmm. terrible. That's frightening. Yeah. We don't, well, you know, the, the one thing we've got on our rats. the one thing we've got on our side is the felines. And I know I'm going to get pet rat people calling in and getting all upset that I didn't distinguish between the pets and the pests. And okay, you know what I really mean, people. So don't call in about that. But do call in if you've got a cat question or a dog question. And please, I'd love for you all to go on Zazzle.com, the White Cat Co., and rate some of these cards. Give us some stars. Pick your favorite and give it a rating because that will help us know what are the best, what you're into. Just gauge things. It's kind of cool for the artist to be able to get that feedback. So we were talking about the guest house a little bit. And I know that if someone stays there, they can take a real easy commute to Manhattan. And uh, it's all hooked up with the trains and the subways and all that. And they really close to a bunch of malls and so it's it's really really easy and they get this whole added cat experience but not only that what they're paying instead of going to some giant hotel corporation goes to the cats that they're watching right right well the whole idea was to be able to support these cats that i inherited to finish uh the story you know my my mom when she inherited this bunch of cats um you know she could only do so much tnr herself because at that time it was not really a uh you know something that you could get help with so you know the cat population continued to grow and then finally my mom became elderly and disabled and then finally she passed away and i inherited them with her house and really no clue how I was going to support all of these cats. I tried every recourse that I could think of to get them relocated or placed or something so that I could sell the house and, you know, just have a simple life. But that was not me. <laughs> you know, there is no agency that you can call to, you know, relocate feral cats. They, they just don't do it. And so, you know, I'm not going to be the one to kick these cats to the curb and say, you know, go to the ACNC or something like that, you know. So, um, you know, I had this dilemma of what do I do to support these feral cats. And then I got this, you know, kind of brainwave to turn the house into a short-term rental guest house for people coming to New York City on vacation. 
And so I listed on a couple of websites online. I made a really cute little website of my own. And uh, I immediately start getting, started getting business. My first client was a student film crew who wanted to use the place as um, a set for their student film. Nice. So that was a really cute project. And then, um, you know, through the spring, summer, and fall, it's been straight bookings. It's been really successful. Um, and this is the way that I've been able to support the, not only the house and keep that in the family, you know, because that has sentimental value, too. It was my mom's house. I love that house. Eventually, someday, I might like to live there, you know, but uh, both my parents died in the same year, and the whole thing was just so traumatic. I was in no condition to move at that point, you know. So I Oh, but it's so to, healing. It's so healing that you've done this. I mean, how terrible. Terrible yeah. would you feel taking these animals she loved and sending them to what you know is probably their death? You could. Oh my God! This is never. so much better. Oh uh, yes, you know, and they get to keep their place, and I get to keep her place, and it's, uh, you know, everything is in a state of holding until the future is determined. You know, I don't have to make any particular decision. You know, and everybody gets to keep their place, and that was the goal. So, um, do, do we see these cats showing up in the in the cards? Are there some cats? From the feral um, population behind the house that we, that we might see in your cartoons? That's a good question. Well, I don't myself have any tortoiseshell cats, but there are two tortoiseshell cats um, in oh, the backyard. Uh, in a kind of a mental way, did serve as a model for right. the two tortoise cats. Um, and that's a recessive gene. It's almost always females that have it, and the chances are that those are sisters. Is that what is they that, are, do you think? Oh, well, yeah. They're, actually, they are mother and daughter. Mother and daughter, okay, interesting. And yep. granddaughter. Actually, excuse me, there are three tortoiseshell cats. There's a grandma, mom, uh, and a, a baby girl. Strong and they team. are so cute. I call them the jewel cats because uh, the, the original uh, tortoise was uh, named Ruby because she has a red stripe down her nose. And then when she had a daughter, I was looking for another name that was like a jewel stone for, right. you know, to go with the grandma. And so I called her Opal. And then oh, Opal nice. had um, some kittens, and one of them was a tortoise, and I called her Garnet. <laughs> Very nice. so they're the jewel cats. Sometimes it's yeah. hard when you're a breeder or a rescuer to keep coming up with inventive names that work. You know, and some of the <laughs> names I've seen over the years, like some of my favorites for dogs, because it makes you just feel, it makes you laugh and it makes people laugh with you when you're anywhere. But yeah. I had this one dog called Taxi. So I oh, had to go, Taxi, cute. Taxi, you know, and people would just look at me like, does she really expect a taxi in the middle of this park? You know, like, what is with her? And um, a similar one was pizza. So I was always walking around screaming like a hungry, insane person, pizza, you know, or, or like I'm declaring pizza party. Kids would look at me like, does she have pizza? Does she want pizza? What's up with her? And then there's the food names. There was a group of little toy dogs all from the same family, and they had the best names one of them I can't remember, but two of them are paprika and chutney. And they're oh, those colors, cute. you know. And there was another one, too. I, oh, it's just slipping my mind right the second. They still come here to Camp Good Dog. Oh, and I should be telling people, if you like to see puppies playing and dogs playing and just random shots and footage and pictures of dogs having a good time on a farm, then you should check out our new Facebook page. We just built it this last week, and it's for Camp Good Dog on Facebook. And that's all it's about. It basically just shows you what's going on here at camp. So it's mostly for our customers who live in the Vancouver area. We do pick up and drop off to all locations, doggy, right to the dog's address, doggy delivery. And so anybody in Vancouver could use us if they go on a holiday or they want some training or boarding or anything at all with dogs. But for everybody else, you get to see these dogs having a great time. 
And some of them are city dogs who really never get to run on five acres, never get to be with just a group of dogs like that. So one of the, <laughs> one of the shots up there is just a whole bunch of little dogs doing absolutely nothing a couple days ago, just walking around, sniffing each other. But it's adorable. Like sometimes they're just cute being them. Okay, so let's get back to the cards. So we might see some of the feral cats in these cards, but we're definitely going to see your cat, right? Your white cat. Blue well, Donnie is a recurring theme. I mean, he's my, my number one protagonist, my one model, you know? And so he, he appears repeatedly, um, you know, in many of my designs. But a lot of them can be just, you know, generic cats. They don't have to be any one particular cat. Okay, yeah. I want to tell people a little bit about Johnny because you told me about him and I don't want this to slip by the interview. Johnny was not a cat you went out and bought or looked for. Johnny no. is beautifully white. And a lot of people look for white cats because in Chinese lore, white cats are good luck and good fortune. So they're mm. sought after. But sometimes if an animal has blue eyes and it shouldn't, it's not normal for that type of animal. Like a husky, it's normal. There's a few breeds, it's normal. But if it isn't normal and your animal has blue eyes, oftentimes it's deaf or blind, which still makes it a terrific pet. But it might mean you got to know that to be able to train it and keep it safe. And so in your case, can you tell us Johnny's story? Okay. Oh, Johnny's story is long. Well, uh, in a nutshell, I found him in the hallway outside my door, uh, my apartment door, which was on the fourth floor of a, a walk-up many years ago. Um, just out there, I have really truly no idea how he got there. Information surfaced much later that led me to believe he was planted on me by some neighbors whose uh, white cat had had a litter of kittens around the same time. But that came to me so much later, I could never really confirm it, you know. Um, but I immediately learned from Johnny that he was this god-awful loudmouth. I mean, the voice on this cat was... <laughs> a, a, a screamer. Oh, a screamer, but like, you know, savage noises would come out of this little animal. You could, you could never imagine that that little white cream puff with that little face could make that kind of a heinous noise. Uh, but this is what like I heard. Like someone's hurting him, right? Like he's being crushed by a car. Like, like he's, just... he's being absolutely killed and, and murdered. <laughs> and, and you're watching him and nothing's happening. And yeah, right. Screaming. Well, I have at least two cartoons where, you know, he's screaming and the images that are going through my mind are of, you know, uh, he's being axe murdered, he's being killed by dogs, he's falling from the roof, he's, because these are the things that come to your mind when yes, you hear this yes. kind of screaming. Right. I mean, you never and you run toward him and what's there? What's going on? Right, yeah. I mean, it really hair-raising, you know. You hear that noise, you come running because you think surely he's being killed. But anyway, that was how I found him. He was outside of my apartment door at 5 o'clock in the morning, June 21st. I won't tell you the year because it will give, you know, how old he is. And that's not Aww. good for his image. <laughs> <laughs> he's a celebrity. I hope he's not getting Botox. Come on now. He doesn't need it. He, doesn't need to, he has to love himself the way he is. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, so these savage screams are coming from the the hallway scared me to death. I ran to to see what it was and there was this little white cream puff of a cat with gorgeous glowing blue eyes there. And um at that time of course I didn't know that that meant that he was would be deaf. So we took him in and um I think I had four or five cats at that time, and I was determined not to have a fifth because that was like halfway to ten, and ten is like crazy cat lady, you know, and that was not me. I'm not going there. So I tried to pull oh, him off I've on my aunt. Oh, I've done that. I'm so past that. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want I'm still kicking and screaming and saying, no, no, not that crazy cat You're lady. You're in denial but. as you pluck the hair off your sweater. Yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. You're not a crazy cat lady at all. It's really normal to run a cat feral colony and have four of your own, one that's deaf, and all that with allergies. That's totally sane. Yeah, no, I'm Good not work. a crazy cat lady. Please, Deb. No. But you <laughs> Leave know what? me alone in my denial. Please. That's okay. You know what, though? The allergy thing, I, I totally sympathize with you on that one because I do a lot of cat training, and I'm a cat expert as well as a dog expert. So I'm constantly amongst dogs and cats. And even when I just do dog training, I go into homes where there's cats. And so often, my eyes would get red and itchy and sore, and my throat would dry up, and I'd have all these terrible symptoms. And if I go away on holiday, when I come home to my before, but last year it was up at eight because I rescue. So, you know, it, it would really overwhelm my allergy situation. And then I found thewayoflaura.com, which I'm hoping you'll connect with her. She's a natural nurse and her name's Laura Cook and she does these treatments. She can do it for you without even meeting you and you'll be astounded. I mean, the first time I went to her, I was so skeptical and she offered to do it for me just in exchange for being interviewed on radio if I liked the results. And I went to her and I thought, there's no way. I just come home from a trip. I could hardly breathe. My eyes were stuck shut. I had, you know, the nose spray, mouth spray, eye drops, all this kind of stuff, antihistamines, just mega stuff in my purse, in my car, in my home, at all, you know, always at the ready, this kind of thing. It was cherry blossom season, which I'm also allergic to. So the windows were rolled up and I drove to her place, had the one treatment left there thinking, oh, please, that couldn't possibly have done anything. And I realized halfway home that I've got all my windows down, I haven't taken any meds, and I'm singing. Like, Ooh, it did something, amazing. you know? And she's helped me a lot. So I'm going to hope that you get a hold of her, Laura Cook. Oh, yeah, give me that number. I'm going to definitely yeah, try that. It's uh, thewayoflaura.com is the best the way, way to reach her. Okay, well, okay, I am so going to do that, that because, a little you bit know, of an aside, but we have to go to yeah, one more great. commercial break, and then we're going to come back and just talk about we talked about the 12 Cats of Christmas, but we didn't really talk about the Pride cartoon. So stay tuned, everybody. It's Deb Wolf on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Jane at thepridecartoon.com. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. 
Go to PetMed.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back to the party. The party's almost over. It's so sad to say. But... I have a little six-year-old daughter waiting here, hoping I'll get off the radio and come play with her because she's homesick from school. So it's good that the radio's winding down, even though, well, she's very happy to be at the party. She's been listening to this show and listening to all the information about the cute cats. And I'm going to show her the cards when I get off the air so she can see these cards of Christmas because she's right on the same page with you. So obviously your stuff has kid appeal. Did you know that, Jane? (laughs) I guess I could have figured it. You know, when I when I make these things, I kind of just make them for myself, but then I put them out there, and uh, whoever loves them, loves them, and that's great. I, I think that's fantastic. So tell us what the Pride cartoon's about. Okay. Uh, well, the Pride cartoon is the original reality cat cartoon, wherein all of the stories that you see happening really, truly did happen. I do take a little bit of creative license, you know, with the drawing and a slight uh, embellishment in some instances, but all of those things actually happened. The star of the cartoon is Johnny, who, um, you know, is quite the personality. And, uh, you know, it features uh, walk-ons by all of my other cats, both living and past. Nice. Yeah. We have fun drawing it. And, um, you know, without Johnny, I would never have thought to draw any kind of a cartoon, but he is such a character and such a personality. I mean, it was just, it, it had to be. <laughs> you know, when we were talking before about this, you mentioned the word hero, which I really, I know after I seized on it, you were kind of, <laughs> well, maybe that's not the right word, but I think it is the right word. And it, it's not so much heroic, like saves people from fires, but you need a character for these kinds of, I mean, there's certain animals that just have so much personality and they get themselves in so many adventures and the way they let you see glimpses of what's going on with them, you can tell what their perspective is. And that's the kind of animal that makes a great cartoon, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Well, listen, Johnny has more personality than some people that I know, you know? I mean, not a dull moment have I had with this cat since he walked into my life years ago, you know? Every single day, it is some kind of an adventure with him. Uh, did I tell you that he brings me gifts? I have a bag of things that he Lucky brings you. me from. I don't know where he even gets them. He brings me... I mean, I, things that have no coins, value to me, but coins, they have... Coins, <laughs> lighters, things that are shiny and slippery and roll, I bet. Yeah, Seriously, peanut that's shells. What that, that peanut shells, that would fit, peanut. because they're toys to him. You can play yeah. with them on a slick surface. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I've had cats doing that, and sometimes they'll hide them under things, like the edges of rugs, to play with later. You know, uh -huh. and so you find stashes of lighters and coins that they've pilfered from your guests, you know, as they <laughs> fell out on the couch or whatever, and you yeah. feel kind of bad. Like, how am I going right. to return these... But, um, yeah, cats can be kleptos. It's, it's interesting. But your cat, because he was deaf, it was quite possible for him to grow up with almost no feedback and stimulation from you and tune out. It was quite possible for him to end up very isolated, perhaps angry, perhaps causing damage, which may have been what was going on in the home he had before and why he ended up on your doorstep to begin with. Because when an animal can't communicate, it doesn't mean it doesn't want to. Cats really, really want to know their name, be called, be told what to do, be praised for doing the right thing. But if they're not, then they start to be naughty. They know if they jump up on your counter and scatter your papers, you'll notice them. Even if you scold them, it's better than ignoring them if they need your attention. And so you've got to be really careful with cats, just like with dogs, to, you know, if you've got a cat that's bugging you and bugging you and bugging you and really annoying you, force yourself to go to where you would like it to seek your attention, like it's cat scratch, and then initiate that ahead of when it bugs you or instead of when it bugs you so that there's not a lot. When it bugs you, just walk away. Don't even pay attention to it. Wipe the counter down after. You can clean it, you know, mm -hmm. but make it a no fuss because if he's getting too much out of that bugging you and getting scolded by you and getting put down and, you know, he's just going to keep doing it. Like the dog who jumps up so that he gets told off and then he gets told he's good and then he has to do it again because nobody's telling him anything else. So with a deaf cat or dog, you want to be using visual signals. And you might need at first to use a collar and a leash for both dogs and cats just to get them to look at you. But most animals are dying for communication, especially when one sense is cut off. Because cats, for them, being deaf is not a very big deal. But it's a big deal if you're trying to communicate with humans because humans don't use the other senses very much. We don't use body language very much. We don't know. We do it unconsciously, but we don't know how to communicate consciously that way. So we're talking all the time, and this cat, that's the only way we give commands and directions and communication. And a deaf cat or dog, that's the one thing they can't receive. So we have to learn to give them hand signals, but also to think things. When you think let's go, or a good cat, or come here, whatever it is you're thinking, without realizing it, your whole body changes. And your cat and your dog are experts at picking that up. So make sure you're not thinking the opposite. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't run off right now. Okay, that's going to get him to run off. If instead you think, I'm going to love him when he comes here, and you picture in your mind him coming over, that's going to get him to come over because your body is going to be totally different. So just be aware of that. And another thing for deaf cats is, and dogs, don't move the furniture. This is even more true for blind animals so they can smell their way around. Bell your cat or dog so you can hear it even if it can't hear you. And wear something smelly because they're reduced in how much, you know, if you're out in a park and they can't see you, well, they can't hear you either. So let them smell you. Have a cigarette in your pocket or gum or tea, anything that stinks a lot. And use it between your hands, squish it between your hands at the start of the walk to remind your dog that that's what you're going to smell like on this walk. Then he'll find you. 
he won't lose you at all. And the same for your cat. If, you, if you're in a big house or if you've just moved or if there's a reason your cat seems to be getting lost, then take that tea or catnip or whatever it is, cat grass that your cat likes, lavender, and scent the path. Okay, so we're coming back to the Jane cartoons. Can you tell us about the Pride cartoon a little bit more, what they're likely to see? Sure. Well, uh, the Pride cartoon is uh, is not just cartoons. It's a pretty big um, website at this point, and it's very active. I have uh, stories there and a blog. I started uh, telling the stories of my feral cats, um, and when I realized how much drama there is going on between these animals, I started writing it almost like a soap opera. So I <laughs> I decided to call that the Young and the Feral. And, oh, nice. Um, <laughs> it and is, though. They're really, you know, people think cats are solitary, and they're only solitary when they're hunting. The rest of the time, they're really social. Yeah. Oh, they're very, very, very social. Yeah, I have witnessed amazing uh, interactions between these cats. They really are a family, you know. They are dependent on one another. They love one another. They're affectionate. They stick together, you know. They have an amazingly structured society, and they care about each other. That's the core thing that I see with them over and over again. And, you know, people think the opposite of them. They think that they do not have relationships. They don't feel emotion. And, I mean, nothing could be farther than the truth. You know, and I've been exposed to these cats now for a number of years enough to see that um, they really are emotional creatures. So, uh, yeah, I'm so, so glad you didn't kick those 18 out, and I'm so glad you set up a place where the rest of us can come observe the cat colony. That's really <laughs> cool. So everybody listening to the show, if you want to figure out how to order a cartoon, all you got to do is look at the links that are posted right beside the show. They'll take you to Zazzle.com, the White Cat Co., and they'll take you to the PrideCartoon.com, and... If you want to stay in New York City and get to see the cat colony, then you need to go to DottieJanes.com. And also, Jane posted on Deborah Wolf Pet Expert, my new fan page on Facebook, Deborah Wolf Pet Expert. So you all can go there. It's brand new. And uh, Jane's, every time I have a good guest on the air, I'm going to ask them to post there so everybody can find them and find their links. I guess I'll say goodbye to you, Jane, because then I'm just going to tell them about this uh, New York policeman and his dog problem, and we'll end the show with that. So thank you really for coming today. Oh, no, you're great. The fact that you're doing all this for the cats is, I mean, even, it's just catnip on the cat food. So thank you so much, Jane. Okay, you have a good day, Deb. Okay, so dog lovers, you hung in there. And then I had this one dog problem. You know what? I think I have to save it for next week. I think I do. But I'll just tell you a little bit about him. He's a retired police officer from NYPD, and he always wanted to train dogs. And now, I mean, he's a really young guy. He's only 53, but now he wants to train dogs. He's retired, and he lives in Florida, and he found my book at a used bookstore, and he picked it up, and he was having this one problem with his own dog. And he'd gone to all these trainers and lessons and dog clubs, and no one could give him this answer. So he asked me this question, which I will tell you about next time. But he also said in here, this really bugs me, okay? He was talking to these other trainers, one in New Jersey, and this really irks me, okay? This is what happened here. I wanted to say a stronger word, but my daughter is sitting on my lap and she's six, so it irks me. Okay, (laughs) I told him I was looking to become a trainer, and when he asked me my age, which is 53, he told me, wow, don't you think you're a little too old to get into this? Okay, that bugs me. That guy, I can almost be certain, is a terrible trainer. Because if he thinks a man of 53 is less able to train dogs than a man of, say, 25, he's nuts. Men of 25 do not have the patience most of the time. They try to dominate animals most of the time. 
Their timing is usually too fast most of the time. Their ability to be sensitive and observe and react and tailor-make solutions to the problems that arise with specific animals is not quite as in tune. They just haven't had as much time reading people and reading animals and living life. And so if this guy is still super fit and his physical health does not impede his timing in terms of pulling on a leash, stopping his walk when the dog is pulling, this sort of a thing, then he's going to be better than a younger man at training dogs. Now, this might not be true for women in the same way, but most fearful dogs are very afraid of men. And the bigger the man, the heavier the man sounds, like if he's wearing big boots or he's really big in weight, the more they're afraid of men. And so a 53-year-old man who's aware of how he presents himself and is skilled at this, is skilled at making himself not intimidating when need be, is going to be better with all the timid dogs, which is a huge lot of them. A huge lot. Maybe a third of the dogs you would face as a trainer. Yeah, the well-adjusted ones you don't see that much of. It's the ones with problems you see a lot of as a trainer. So this guy is going to be so ideal for this. Anyway, he's going to be calling the show someday, and I hope we talk to him live. But otherwise, I'll go over his email next time. That was Jerry. And lucky Jerry gets to live in Florida now while I'm stuck here in the rainforest. But at least I get to live at Camp Good Dog. So if you want to see the dogs playing at Camp Good Dog, every week we'll be posting new stuff. It'll be constantly updated because there's constantly new campers arriving, and we're heading into Christmas. Busy season. Okay, everybody. I'll be back next week. Be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.